All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, it's the nighttime edition of the Fan in the Van podcast. And I told you I would go and find rankings today, right? All right. Well, Chris Sims, obviously, I guess he didn't want to post his because he decides to come out and say where he respects Ben Roethlisberger, right? He doesn't see Roethlisberger as a top 10 quarterback this year so far. Um, you respect him, but then you don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. You, my friend, are an asshole, okay? You mean to tell me that Ryan Tannehill is a top 10 quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger isn't? So you mean to tell me that Joe Burrow is a top 10 quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger isn't? So you mean to tell me that anyone else is a top 10 quarterback, including frigging Sam Darno or Joe Flacco, but Ben Roethlisberger is not in your top 10 so far up until week 11. You, my friend, obviously don't watch Steeler football, so you don't know a damn thing. All right, Chris Sims, you shouldn't be allowed to do rankings. Um, you probably, if you have kids, you probably you you, you probably do rankings, you know, with, based on their opinions. You know, like if they were going to rank best movies of all time, uh, you'd probably think that freaking, you, you know, that Cinderella's the greatest fucking movie of all time. You're an asshole. You don't know you don't know what you're ranking. All right, you have no clue because you sucked as a quarterback and you suck as a ranking analyst and you suck is a football analysis okay you suck all right um then there's uh, the pff didn't even put their rankings out as far as i could see today um there were other ones as i'm reading here uh pro football talk gets it right steelers one chiefs two and then you have the saints three bills and then the rams right okay Stephen a smith has finally come around steelers one Chiefs 2, Saints 3, and then he's got, I can't even read that, I think it's the Rams 4 and the Colts 5, not a bad top 5, can't, you know, can't really argue that one, but then this um, Dan Hasness from NFL Network puts the Chiefs number 1, really? So everybody else is finally turning the corner here and giving the Steelers some credibility. And here's this asshole who says the Chiefs are still number one, who barely beat the Raiders, who have a, who lost to the Raiders earlier. Um, I don't know where you're getting your rankings from, but it's utterly insane. And then he has the Saints three and the Rams four. Um, and then... Oh, the PFF quarterback rankings. And Roethlisberger doesn't even top this one. But we put Brady at four, right? Brady fucking lost last night, you asshole. What, are you serious? Come on. You, you know what? I, I, the, the hatred is really, it's just really out there. And you can say, Jim, you're repetitive. You constantly say it. Well, yeah, because it is. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um... You know, and then and then here's the other thing too, is that Ben was getting all this talk when he had Antonio Brown and Bell, right? And they're attributing his success when he had Bell and Brown, okay? But he also has had success when he had Santonio Holmes and Heinz Ward and Jerome Bettis for a year. Let's not forget that. Um, but now he's doing it with a younger nucleus of players, and no credibility is given. It's utterly amazing to me. Um, so he gets the credibility with two diva players, gets the credibility with two retired players, which which Heinz Ward is one of the 25 finalists for the Hall of Fame, or semi-finalists, uh, along with Fanica. Uh, Hall of Fame committee better do the right thing and put those two in. Otherwise, I, 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 I'm going to riot. Um, 
Now, no credibility. None at all. And if Ben Roethlisberger was part of any of those scandals that the Patriots were involved in, oh, he'd be crucified at the stake. You got to be kidding me. Brady could get anointed, all this stuff, and, and, and get the, the, the MVP hype for all these years. But we don't give Ben the credit where it's due. You really got to be kidding me. Some of you in the media really have your heads up your ass. It's like the human centipede. You, This one's got his head up his ass. This one's got its head up that ass. And so on and so forth. Because it's absolutely ridiculous. All right? It, it, it's almost like what Donald Trump would say. This is disastrous. It's a disaster. It was the worst deal in history. Whatever, right? Okay? That's exactly what it's like. It's utterly insane. And I was even listening to to my boy Kevin's podcast today, right? And they were talking about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson will never change his style of play. He will never adapt. He can't throw on the run because he throws wide left every time. Um, so face it. Lamar Jackson, is he's an overhyped running back who plays quarterback. And again, and I said it earlier this morning. Now, if you're gonna, if you had to pick between Lamar, Lamar and and Patrick Mahomes, I'm sorry, I'm picking Patrick Mahomes every time. And and the same thing I said a week or two ago. If you were gonna start a franchise with Murray or Jackson, I'm starting it with Murray. I'd even start a franchise with Sam Darno over <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Okay, um. But it, it's just comical. I Somebody needs to address why Ben's not getting the credit now, but he was getting the credit then. And need I remind you where they were, they were, they were, they, they were very critical in his success. Need I remind all of you who don't want to give him his just due. They wouldn't be successful without Ben either. Let's just think about that. Hines Ward was already solidified at that point. Holmes was already solidified. And, and Bettis was already a solidified player. They attributed to Ben's early success. Roethlisberger, Brown, Bell, Martavius, Bryant, and all them, they all contributed to each other's success. But now Ben's doing it with Juju and Washington and, and Connor and Deontay, and there's no credit. It's like, oh, let's just shit on it now. Let's just shit on it entirely. And, and it's just insane. What, why? Why? Hey, Chris Sims, do you want to know? Why don't you come out and say why you don't give him his just due, you blonde-headed fuck? Why don't you do that? All right? Because it's so ridiculous. You know, I, I can't even take Chris Sims' ranking seriously, but it, it just utterly, it, it, it just gives me agita beyond belief. PFF rankings. It, it's just like it's a troll account on Twitter. I, you know what? Honestly, I think they just like to do it to piss off Steeler fans. And then they block you the minute you make a comment back of like, well, you're wrong because, and then you state every actual fact. And it's like with Coach of the Year, too. You, you want to give it to Brian Flores again? Why? Oh my God! Miami improved, and, and they won. They, you know they won six games instead of four this year so far. Big whoopity friggin' do. Tomlin's ten and zero. And then I have to hear Ravens fans all day on Twitter. Oh, give us a bye week. Why? Because now you have four guys on the COVID list. Guess what? Next man up, bitch. That's why they make practice squads. That's why, the, and you can call them up and play. The NFL is going to have this game go on. And to talk about, oh, we're going to move it to Saturday is it, a possibility if more tests come back positive. No, next man up. We had to freaking take a bye week early. You didn't see us, bitch. No. So man up. 
man up. That's it. It's 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 so atrocious. Because now it's happening to the Ravens. Now all of a sudden all Ravens fans are crying. Well, we should move the game. I mean, Mark Ingram got the COVID. And DK, J.K. Dobbins got it. And now this guy. And wah, 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 wah. All right? Go to the store and get a box of fucking Kleenex with aloe vera. They're probably two for five right now, all right? Um, it, It's just... It, I, I can't. I, I literally can't because I'm so passionate about my team and its success that you can hear it in my voice. It just agitates the living crap out of me that they just constantly got to get shit on from coach of the year to the defensive player of the year to, to MVP talks. Okay. Ben is in the conversation. I'm sorry. He doesn't have to win it, but put him in the freaking conversation. Okay. Defensive player of the year. Cleveland Browns face. Oh, just give it to Miles Garrett now. I ain't giving Miles I ain't giving Miles Garrett shit. I'm not giving him nothing. I'm not giving him He plays his position well and I give him that, but he does one thing, and that's rush the quarterback. He is not versatile like TJ Watt. Or like Vince Williams, who could drop back into coverage. You don't see Miles Garrett doing it. I've never once. In a Cleveland, watching a Cleveland Brown game, see Miles Garrett drop back into coverage. I, I've I've yet to see it. I've yet to see it. And it's just funny how everybody wants to say that Miles Garrett's better than T.J. Watt. Well, let me ask you this: Does Miles Garrett get held nearly as much as T.J. Watt in a game? Probably not. Probably not. Um. So again, people within the media. People that listen to this, Steeler fans that listen to this, haters that listen to this. You could agree with what I'm saying or disagree. But if you're going to disagree with me, I'm just going to tell you this. You need to come with actual facts to prove to me why Mike Tomlin doesn't deserve coach of the year. And why Ben... And listen, with comeback player of the year, if Alex Smith didn't come back this year and play, then... Yeah, it goes to Roethlisberger. But I'm one, even though I'm a Steel fan, I would love to see Ben win it. But you know what? Listen, give it to Alex Smith. Give it to Alex Smith. Um, it, You know, and that's that. But I'm sorry. To give Brian Flores coach of the year is beyond me when Tomlin's done nothing but win for 14 years. When, when, when Brian Flores can have 14 years straight of a winning season, then you could give him coach of the year. Okay? Um, You know, I and speaking of that, you know, I read somewhere where somebody said it was asinine to bench Tua during that game. Listen, if you watch the same Dolphin Bronco game I saw, that offensive line was not protecting him at all. They were having a field day getting to him. He was sacked five, six times before they finally took him out. What I think the fifth to sixth one being the one that friggin' uh, banged his knee up a bit. Um, and I'm sorry, you know what? I give Brian Flores for make, credit for making the move there. And... Someone even came to me and they were like, listen, you know, then why did you ever start two of them? Listen, you had to do it. And yeah, they were three and three and I get it. And they were going into a bye week and then playing the Rams. And I was one that didn't think Tua would survive that game, but he did. He didn't have the best performance in the game. The defense pretty much bailed him out and the special teams as well. But listen, Tua, you got to protect, that's your future quarterback. That's the quarterback you're building that Miami Dolphin franchise around, okay? So you got to protect him. Because if you let him play another snap in that game, I'm telling you, 
as, as, as sure as as sure as I can tell you that oranges are still orange, right? If he took another sack and that knee went a different way again, he's in Joe Burrow. He's in Joe Burrow's situation right now. He's he's gonna have to get reconstructive knee surgery. And mind you, Tua just came back from a, from the Bo Jackson hip injury, and Tua was coming into that draft banged up from previous injuries from college. So you got to protect the investment. You got to look at Tua as that brand new stock that just came out on the market on an IPO. You have to look at it like that, and you have to protect it at all costs. Look at Cincinnati. Cincinnati gets gets Joe Burrow number one and couldn't do anything to protect him. And you know who Cincinnati's got to blame? Themselves. And where's the accountability got to be held from? From the coach. Why didn't we get offensive linemen to protect this guy? Why didn't we coach them better to protect this guy? That's what you got to ask yourself. Instead of saying, oh, well, you know, we're making progress. No, you, you're now deprogressing. Because now you don't have your star, you don't have your star quarterback now. Now you got to rely on your backup, and you're trying out these these, these lame duck quarterbacks that were on the Broncos practice squad like a month ago. So, I'm sorry, I do give Brian Flores credit for taking Tua out at the time he took him out. You know, because again, if you kept Tua in there, there's going to be an injury that occurs, and then you got to ride Fitzpatrick all year. Which isn't a bad thing, but listen, obviously Tua added a little bit of that spark because he's more mobile than Fitzpatrick, you know, and yeah, there's like a 20-year age gap, I'm sure, or whatever it is, but again, if you're a Dolphin fan that knocks benching Tua in that situation, I'm sorry, you're you're not bright because Tua is the franchise's next quarterback, so you got to protect that. And listen, and, and like I compared Tua to, a, to an IPO stock coming out into the market and all it could do is rise, his is going to rise and Burroughs just dropped. It dropped immensely because now reconstructive knee surgery. He could tweet out, see you next year, but you don't know what's going to happen. There could be a setback in that surgery and you know setback in recovery. He might not be back till say week three, four, or five. At that point, if Cincinnati's already like zero and four and zero and five come next season, let's hypothetically say, what's the point of even having him play then? He might as well just let him sit out all next year. But we don't know what's going to happen then. He could be ready by he could be ready by training camp. I don't see it, but he could be. And you know, and if Tua wound up being in that same situation. You know, already with the Bo Jackson hip injury, had who knows if he even comes back from this. So I'm sorry, Brian Flores gets credit for that. I'm not saying Brian Flores is 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 the world's shittiest coach. Don't get it twisted with that. What I'm saying is though is that let's not anoint this guy the next greatest coach because Miami won three four games in a row. Let's not let's not let's not do that. Um, you know. Miami's got a future with Tua at quarterback and Flores is the coach. And again, Flores is the only successful coach so far out of the Belichick tree. How how Matt Patricia in Detroit still has a job is literally beyond. I guess the ownership there is just too busy drinking whatever they're drinking during games because I don't know what they're seeing, but the Lions organization for the talent that they have. It's just abysmal what these fans got to watch on TV up there. It just really is. And it's gotten to a point where I feel bad for a guy like Matt Stafford, whose prime is being wasted in Detroit. 
It just really, it just really is. It, it really is. And if I'm Detroit, listen, apparently, I, I think they might try to even sell the team at this point. Um, I would just literally clean house. I would try to get what I can for Stafford. I would try to trade Galladay. I would try to trade, you know, whoever I can get. Stack up draft picks. Get a new head coach in there. And that's it. Because it's not working. It's not working in Detroit with Stafford and Galladay. And it's not Stafford's fault. It's not Galladay's fault. It, it, it's the coaching staff. They're just not preparing these guys right. Um, they get Adrian Peterson. And I don't know what he's done this year. But that's supposed to boost your offense. And they get shut out last week. They get shut out by the Panthers. With XFL legend PJ Walker starting. Without McCaffrey. And you get shut out. It, it's, almost, it's almost like you didn't even come to play. It's like the Lions, like the Jets, just play with no heart now. It's it, you know it's just insane. If you and if you're a fan of the Lions, I, I truly feel bad for you, um, because this has been going on for way too long now, where you guys have just sucked. And you could blame some of the years on Stafford getting hurt, and that's all well and good. But you know what? With, with some of these organizations, there's just time for change. And with the Lions, it's not Matt Patricia with his stupid little pencil up in his head. It's probably he probably fucking scratches his ass with it and then puts it back in his hat, because um, he looks clueless out there. They're better off bringing Jim Schwartz back or bringing Jim Caldwell back at this point. That's what you're better off doing in Detroit, honestly. Um, you know, you know, and the same could be said, listen, even with Washington, right? Washington's another team where they're a few pieces away from being a contender in the, a- in the NFC East. Um, you know, listen, Alex Smith ain't going to be the guy to get you to the Super Bowl. Uh, you got to find a quarterback that's going to bring you there. You got some good defensive pieces. You got some good offensive pieces there, right? And I'm telling you, in three to four years, Washington is going to reign supreme in the NFC East. Uh, the NFC East, assuming Dallas can get it right, uh, the Giants are going to. The Giants are, are there fixing themselves too. Don't don't get it twisted with the Giants. Uh, the Eagles, you know, I'm reading now that they may, and I've been saying this for weeks now. They should have benched Carson Wentz. They should have been called. They, you drafted Jalen Hurts, and the guy literally sits the bench, and you bring him in for bullshit packages. Where we already know it's going to happen, and he snaps the ball, he's just going to run with it. It's a dead giveaway, and he does nothing. So, why don't you just start Jalen Hurts? Just start him. You're not winning. Listen, there is no way. There is no way that the Eagles are winning that division unless the Giants just fold and lose every game from here on out. There's no way they they win that division. Unless the unless the Washington football team folds and says, ah, you know what, we're not going to win it. Screw it, we'll just lose. Because right now, the Giants, the Reds, the Giants, the Washington football team, and the Cowboys could all play spoiler for the Eagles in positive and negative ways. If they all lose constantly, you're helping Philly win. But if you win, you're making it harder for them to win because of the tie they have with Cincinnati. And the Giants play Cincinnati this Sunday. So the Giants, that's a game now that's easily winnable. It's easily winnable now. Because now you're not going up against Joe Burrow. You're going up against some 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 guy who was probably bagging groceries two weeks ago at freaking Stop and Shop. That's an easy, that's an easily winnable game. The Giants, now that's a game you have to win because then you'll have the advantage over Philly. Because 
as far as head to head, it's a tie there because you because they won and they lost against Philly. If you beat Cincinnati, there's your tiebreaker. Right there. But then you have Washington that just beat Cincinnati, right? So now you need Dallas. I don't think Dallas played Cincinnati yet. I got to go and see. So you need Dallas to lose to Cincinnati. This literally now has become a four-way ordeal for the NFC East with one of them having the worst record. It's just comical. Um, And last night in the Ram-Buccaneer game, you know, I'm sorry, you want to anoint Tom Brady the GOAT? And what does he do at the end of the game? Jared Goff's walking towards him, you know, shake his hand, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Tom Brady, like a sore loser pussy bitch, decides, yeah, I'm just going to walk to the locker room. Now, that's a goat to you? Now, I'm going to use this other example, ready? It's not even an example. This is what actually happened. So we all watched the Packer-Colt game, right? Packers lose, right? And Rodgers could have been a sore loser and walked to the locker room. But no, he went out there and he shook Philip Rivers' hand, told him, hey, listen, you were the better man, blah, blah, blah. Whatever was said in that little talk at the end. Um, you know, he shook hands with everybody on the Colts. And, you know, he did the right thing. As, uh, you know, you lose, you know, the better team won. That's all he could do. See, Brady hates losing. He's a sore loser. And you see it all the time. And to, and to not shake hands with Jared Goff, it's just a slap in the face. Now, if I'm Jared Goff and I got to see Tampa in the playoffs again, if I'm Goff, I remember that moment. And I use that as inspiration. Like, listen, this bitch didn't want to shake my hand. Aaron Donald, take him out. That's what I'm doing. I'm using that as inspiration. The way the Chiefs used the Raiders taking a victory lap around the field at Arrowhead when they beat the, you know, when they beat the Chiefs in, what was it, week five? Andy Reid used that as the inspiration for the Chiefs to win Sunday. And granted, you know, on the last play, again, and I watched it over and over. You really think Mahomes is running on that play? No. You want to know how New England beat Lamar Jackson? Because they only rushed three, dropped back three, and had two safeties. There was nowhere for Lamar to run. That's how you have to contain Patrick Mahomes as well. It, it's just, it's as simple as that. And for those that, that for those again who say that the Chiefs could beat the Steelers, if you don't think the Steelers are going to do that, they are going to do that. It's just plain and simple, because the Raiders' defense was was able to contain Mahomes for the most part. In the, you know, they pressured him a lot in the first game, and I think they kind of got away from it in the second game. Um, but again, you have to be weary. I'm not saying Kansas City's a cakewalk game. You know, if we get to the AFC Championship game and they're there. I'm not saying that, but because they got a lot of weapons there. You got Kelsey, you got this guy, you got that guy, right? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you can contain Mahomes. And when you contain Mahomes and constantly pressure him, he gets rattled. And the difference between Mahomes and Lamar is that Mahomes will adapt to it and find new ways to get points on the board. And get Kelsey the ball. And get Watkins the ball. And get Hardman the ball. And and get everybody... You know, and get everybody in the end zone. That's what he'll do. Lamar won't do that. Lamar can't do that. Because Lamar is a running back who's just listed as a quarterback. Bottom line. 
Um, you know, but even going back to Brady, that's not how a goat acts. If that's what you want to anoint him, because I never will. I will never anoint him the goat because he's not the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Um, you know, in the next few weeks, there I will do a greatest greatest quarterback of of our generation for those that are thirty eight and younger, thirty eight and five six years older than me that seen other guys play in the late eighties, early nineties, and the two thousands. You know, um, and I'll give you my take on who the top ten greatest quarterbacks of all time are. Brady doesn't crack the top ten. He doesn't. I'm sorry, he doesn't crack mine. Um, there are many others that that do before him. But again, that's just a sore loser mentality. And, you know, to not shake hands with Jared Goff. I mean, listen, he even did it to Nick Foles. He did it to Nick Foles. He wouldn't shake Nick Foles', Nick Foles hands when they lost to the Bears. But this is a guy that PFF is putting fourth in quarterbacks so far this year in the top 10. And Chris Sims is putting up there in the top five in his top 10. Okay, but again, we're not giving Ben the credit. See, Ben wouldn't walk off the field and not shake your hand at the end of the game if, if, if they lost. No, even if it was against Baltimore, he'd still go out there and shake Lamar's hand. He would do it because that's what that's what a decent human being does. And Brady is not that, at least not on the football field. He's a sore loser. You see him throw his little tantrum, slamming his helmet, um... And it's funny because a lot of people say now that the Buccaneers offense has gone to shit since they signed Antonio Brown. Listen, it's not that. It's not that at all. Because he's still distributing the ball to everybody. It's just that defenses are playing better against the Bucs offense now. So now Brady's got to adapt to that. And now they got to change up their offense a bit and change up their style of play. It, it's not because Antonio Brown signed with the Buccaneers. I, even I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, he's according to Arians and everybody else. He's been the, he's been the model citizen. But then again, I don't know what goes on in the Buccaneer facility, nor do I really care what goes on. Um, but it's not because it's not because of that. So if you really if you're a, if you're a bandwagon Buccaneers fan or just a fan in general. And you think it's because of Antonio Brown? It's not. If anything, Antonio Brown's talent boosts that offense that has to make defenses second guess where the ball's going now because now that's another threat that Brady does have. See, one thing with Brady is, and this is what makes him one of the best quarterbacks, but not the greatest of all time, at least in my opinion, he utilizes every weapon he has. But we all know in the red zone, we all know where he's going. He's going to number 87. He's going to Gronk. And then this is where defenses get weakened because you know that. So now he could do a little dump to Evans, a dump to Godwin, bash it in with Fournette or Ronald Jones, or he could do a little screen bubble play to friggin' Brown. See, Tampa built a decent team down there. Let's not get you know, let's not get this twisted. They built a good team there, and yeah, bringing Brady in was a smart choice. You know, it, it was a good move for Brady too. Let's you know, let's be honest. Um. And they built a good team. And listen, even I thought it was going to be a drama show down there in Tampa. So far, it hasn't been. So maybe Antonio Brown has turned the corner personally. Um, you know, he's still going to get. He's still going to get. You know, he's still going to have his excitement when he gets a first down or a three yard gain. Listen, that's just what Antonio Brown's going to do. Um, people can knock him for it. I don't. I really don't care. 
Um, but again, to say that he's the reason why this Bucks offense now is just is just not as good as it was. It's just absolutely insane. And, you know, and you can't you can't say that. You, you you just can't. That's not the reason. Again, it's just defenses are playing better against this offense. That's it. It's plain and simple. And if you if you didn't watch last night's game, then you obviously didn't see the way the Rams defense played them towards the end of the game. You know, listen, Brady throws a pick there. It is what it is. You know, not all good quarter, not all good quarterbacks are going to have the best games, and everybody expects Brady to win in that situation. Nine times out of ten, he does. Just like Rodgers does nine times out of ten. Just like Eli Manning nine times out of ten, and Peyton, and Drew, and Ben, and you know, Philip Rivers even. That was just the that was the one nine out of ten where the the defense got the better of Brady. It, it happens. But then you want to sit there and you want to, oh, it's Antonio's fault. But first, how is it Antonio Brown's fault? Because it's not. He, again, he's not the reason why your offense sucks lately. That's just it. And see, and, and this is why he would bandwagon fans. Because the minute now, you know, now they're six and four, you know, and they lose seeding in the wild card, whatever it is, right? Right? Now all of a sudden you want to jump ship. That's what makes me. Sick to my stomach with bandwagon fans. It just really does. If my listen, if if all these analysts were right in Pittsburgh going 0 and 16, and right now instead of going 10 and 0, we were 0 and 10. I'm still watching this team every week. I'm still rooting for them to win. I'm still gonna do it. I wouldn't be like a Jets fan who's now hoping for 0 and 16 because I don't know what 0 and 16 ever looks like. For for the past 14 plus years. Steeler fans don't know what a losing season is. And again, to all the haters, you just can't give this team its due. And it's funny because somebody somebody ranked like the top three rookie wide receivers and you leave Claypool out of it too. I'm sorry, Claypool's in the top three. Ten games, ten, t- ten touchdowns alone makes him a top three. It, it, like it's it's just it's just insane that how far this hatred really goes, um, and I don't think it ever ends. I don't think it ever ends till Ben retires and this team goes through the you know, you know through the trying times where we're like five and whatever five and eleven and and four and twelve, and Tomlin's gone and there's a new coach and a whole new offense in here, um, on you know until then. You know, and even then, the haters are going to say, ha ha, we always knew this was going to happen. At some point, yeah, the Steelers, or, the Steelers franchise is going to go through tough years. It's to be expected. It's going to happen. You know, and I'm prepared for it when it happens. And, and, and again, you know, and today, somebody at work asked me, who do you think Ben's heir apparent is? I said, again, he's not on this team. He's within the league. It's just a matter of making the trade for him. Whoever it's going to be, whether it's going to be Sam Darno, if the Jets decide to to do something with him in the off season, you know, again, we got to wait for the draft to find out what's going to happen, because we don't know yet. We don't know what's going to happen. If the Jets are really keen on keeping Sam Darno and they wind up with the number one pick, they're going to trade the pick away for more draft picks and another player in return. 
to who they're going to trade with is anyone's is anyone's guess. It's whoever's going to have the best package to trade to the Jets. Pittsburgh doesn't have that because there's nobody on this team that I would honestly trade away. There's literally nobody. I wouldn't trade Connor. I wouldn't trade Juju. I wouldn't trade Deontay. I wouldn't trade Washington. Definitely not Claypool. I wouldn't trade Ebron. I wouldn't trade any of them. I wouldn't do any of them. And then today, I had to, a, a Dolphin fan comes in and goes, oh, you know, you guys got lucky, you know, blah, blah. Minka played like shit with us. Listen, your, your organization didn't know what they had in Minka. Okay? Because you had an asshole coach in Adam Gase who coached with his head up his ass. All right? Think about that. All right? Just putting that out there. And you see how that trade has worked out for all the Steeler fans who hated the fact that we traded a first-round draft pick for him. And I told everybody, calm down because he's going to play amazing. And he's been ever since. He's been ever since. We, we lead the league in takeaways uh, and, and whatever else it is right now when he plays. So, again, it worked out. And it, was finan- and it didn't financially kill us because over the next three years, we pay him in total almost like $6 million. So it doesn't kill you on the books either. That's how you got to look at it. When these trades get made, when these trades get made, you got to look at it from every angle. Yeah, player performance, but if you're a GM, you're looking at it as, well, you know, we don't have to pay this guy much. So it's a no-brainer. Yeah, we got to give up a first-round pick, but the risk is worth the reward. And in that situation, it is. And you got to ask yourself a question. If you're a Giants fan and the Giants called up the Dolphins to say, listen, we're going to give you a first round draft pick. We'll give you a third round draft pick and you give us Minka Fitzpatrick and we'll pay him for the next three years. If you're a Giants fan. Are you taking that deal? Knowing what he's going to give you? Yeah, you're making that deal. You, you sure as hell are making that deal. If you're a Jets fan, you're doing it. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're doing it. If you're a fan of any team in the league, you're making that deal. You're doing it. You'd be dumb not to. You would be dumb not to. You'd be almost as dumb as Cleveland letting Joe Hayden go to sign with the Steelers. That's how dumb you would be. And Hayden's been nothing but spectacular since. Nothing but spectacular since. It's almost as stupid as the Chiefs letting Steven Nelson go. And he comes to the Steelers. And he's been amazing since. Just saying. Just saying. Um, you know, but again, with these rankings, man, oh man, I just, I, I really can't. I think the Sims one, I think, comes out tomorrow. And then the PFF one probably comes out tomorrow. But you know what, though? Pro Football Talk and Stephen A. Smith hit it right on the head. And you could go with a lot of different teams in the three, four, and five. Uh, I'm surprised the Bills were in the Pro Football Talk one, to be honest. But then again, how do you not put them in there? Hey, not put them in the top 10 right now. They're playing like a top 10 team. So yeah, you got to put them in there. And now because the Dolphins lost, that AFC East is pretty much, it's pretty much the Bills to lose now. You know, and the only way they lose it is if they lose from here on out. And Miami wins from here on out. It's about the only way they lose it. Because if you really think the New England is really a threat to it now, they're not. And the other reason why, and let's get into this real quick, why Ravens fans don't want this game on Thanksgiving is because when they lose, they're pretty much eliminated. They're eliminated from winning the AFC North, obviously, and they've been for a while now. And they're pretty much going to be eliminated from playoff contention at this point. 
they would literally have to be in a Steelers predicament in years past where they would need like 355 things to go right for them to even get in. And we all know how that works. It never works out. So for the Ratbirds fans who are like, oh, why don't you just give us a bye week? You do realize that they were even talking about forfeit games, right? So if you're the team with all the COVID guys on it, you're going to be the ones who have to forfeit. And I don't want to see a forfeit. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I did say with the Titans, you know, the punishment should be a forfeit. But if you think about it, that, that takes away from the game. You know, listen, I would love to watch the game on Thanksgiving. But if you're going to move it to Saturday, do you really think Ingram and Dobbins are going to be ready by then? You really think that's going to be the, 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 the make or break for, for the Ratbirds? It's not. It's not. The make or break is can Lamar adapt and overcome to what the Steeler defense is going to present to them? And the answer is no. Because he hasn't. If you don't think that, that the Steelers' defensive coaches and the, and, the, and the defensive squad of Steelers ain't watching what other teams have done against Lamar Jackson so far, you're wrong because they are. Because they are watching it. T.J. Watt even said it because they even interviewed him. They said, well, you know, without Ingram and Dobbins now, you know, you think the defense is going to let up. And, and T.J. Watt had the perfect response. We're not letting the foot off the, we're not letting the, foot off the gas. They're still going to come at this Raven team full throttle. You know, and why wouldn't you? And, you know, people say, you know, oh, you, you, you people come up to me and they're like, oh, you rather a perfect season, you know, than win a Super Bowl. I honestly would want both. But Ben said it best. I'm not here for a perfect season. I'm here for Lombardi's. And in the end, that's the end goal for any team in this league. It's to win a Super Bowl. And the Steelers right now are in a prime position to do it. They're built now to win. If you don't think they are, you're, you're, you're an ass. You just really are. Because you everybody sat there. Juju can't be a number one wide receiver. He's he, His numbers may not show it, but he is a number one wide receiver. He just simply is because he makes others have his because of his threat on the field. And he even said it, you know, my first year, nobody was nobody was putting a second man on me down the field. Now they are. Now he's a legitimate threat. So that leaves Deontay open, Claypool open, Washington open. So his mere presence on the field makes everyone else around him better. Instead of him being bitter, he's happy for them. Instead of sitting there kicking Gatorade jugs and, and, and throwing footballs on the sideline and throwing a temper tantrum like Antonio Brown did, he's pumping them up more. That's what a number one wide receiver does. He just doesn't go out there and put up 100, yard, uh, 100 catches a year and almost 2,000 yards receiving at times. No, there's a lot more than that to a number one wide receiver. And a lot of you fans need to start figuring that out. You just really, really, really do. Um... You know, they were even talking about getting McFarland into the offense more. Yeah, you, you, you have to. And you, you just got to do it. Um, And, and they got to do it this week against the Ratbirds. You just got to do it. Um, You got to manage to beat the... You got to manage... That's the thing. You got to get the passing game going to get the run game going. You got to get the run game going to get the passing game going. This is the week where I think McFarland has a breakout game. You got to utilize him in different packages. Um, Lamar, literally, if he does not adapt and overcome, he's not going to, he's, they're not winning. They're not going to win and it'll be the greatest Thanksgiving gift ever.
Uh, it just really will. Um, in other news, um, not really much in baseball with free agency other than Morton signed. I think he signed for way. I think Atlanta overpaid for Charlie Morton. I would have done a one year, maybe like eight million. So I think they overpaid by seven million. Um, but hey, whatever. You know, <laughs> he signed with whoever offered him the most money. I don't know if the Mets offered him anything, but. You know, the, the Mets missed out on that one. But listen, doesn't mean they're going to miss out on other free agents. You know, they, they, they're not going to. Um, other than that, there really ain't much that, that happened in the sports world today. Um, but I'm going to wait till these PFF rankings come out and the Chris Sims quarterback rankings come out so I can rip them to other shreds. Uh, I got to go. I got to get the uh, all the spreads for the games and I'll do that in tomorrow's podcast or I'll do it uh, Thanksgiving morning. Um Either which way, there will be one on Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, if you listen to this and you watch the videos, you wonder why there ain't many videos posted lately. Um, I kind of been just sticking more to the podcast part of it. Um, you know, I can't do a video and a podcast. It would just be, you know, so I might do a video tomorrow night. Who knows? Um, you know, I got off Thursday and the gym closes at 10 during the week now. So I might just stay at the gym till 9, 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But till the next podcast, even to all the haters, stay safe, mask up, and you know where to find my podcast is on all major platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Radio Public, videos on YouTube, Fan in the Van, check them out, subscribe. Again, stay safe out there. Mask up. And if you live in the state of Pennsylvania, you can't buy beer after five tomorrow. Sucks. They'll probably implement that here too, but I really don't drink no more, so I really don't give a shit. Um, as always, peace.